1: What
2: Jesus was saying is, in our world, here's the first thing you want to write. Jesus and Satan have competing plans for the souls of people. You see, as God plants the gospel in people's hearts, the enemy comes and wants to steal it away. Jesus is sowing you, once you become a believer, into the world to produce a harvest, to make a difference. That's good growth.
0: When you get a chance, find a public place and just watch people. What do you see? A sea of people going to work, going to play? In today's message, Pastor Mark challenges us to remember that what we're really seeing are the subjects of a great battle. Jesus and Satan are both battling for the souls of people, and they each have competing plans. When Jesus sows the word of God into people's hearts, the enemy wants to come and steal the word away. God wants to send you and I out into the sea of people to sow his word and make a difference. Are you ready for the battle? Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of this broadcast. Now, here's Pastor Mark with part one of his message entitled, Good and Evil Will Coexist Until the End.
1: Lord,
2: your Matthew chapter 13. What is the environment spiritually, of the world we live in today. Well, that's what Jesus is going to talk about. When you think about what is before us in chapter 13, how many things, topics, can we talk about? Let me give you an idea of some of these. Here's what we're going to talk about this morning. Small beginnings, growth, maturity, changed lives, deception, spiritual warfare, compromise, judgment, The end of the world. Jesus is going to talk about our world. What is the spiritual climate of our world? Think about this and you're going to see it. Did you ever in our world imagine there would be a day when our 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15 year old children, girls and boys in our home would be at risk for a predator by the internet that would walk in and sexually abuse them. Did you ever think, in your wildest imagination, our world would become like that? Somebody emailed me last night, she said, when you made that statement, it reminded me of the days of Lot. You remember the days of Lot? When the men in the community came to Lot's door and said, hey. How about the two new, which are angels, would you bring them out so that we might have sex with them? And what did Lot do? Remember his daughters? And what happened to that city? It's no more. You see, the spiritual environment we're in, well, it's not a surprise to the disciples because they were told what it was going to be like. From the day that Jesus went back to heaven to the day that he comes back after the tribulation sets up the millennial kingdom. What is the spiritual environment going to be? Well, that's what chapter 13 is about. Seven parables. What is a parable? Let me remind you of the definition. A parable is simply, well, it's simply that story. One with a It's kind of visual. It's a story that when you talked about it, people saw it. It was something they were familiar with. It illustrated a a spiritual principle, not the practical principle, a spiritual one. But not everybody understood it. Why would that be? Why would Jesus speak in a parable, and it had a great spiritual application, but much of the crowd went, what was that? Why would he do that? Well, Jesus tells us the purpose of parables. We see it here, Matthew 13, we begin verse 9. You might put a little star in your Bible by verse 9, because this is the key verse of chapter 13. He who has ears, let him hear. And the disciples came to him and asked, why do you speak to the people in parables? And he replied, the knowledge of the secrets of the kingdom of heaven has been given to you, but not to them. So right away we see a division, to you, but not to them. There's two groups. Whoever has will be given more, and he will have an abundance. Whoever does not have even what he has will be taken from him. This is why I speak to them in parables. Though seeing, they do not see. Though hearing, they do not hear or understand. In them is fulfilled the prophecy of Isaiah. You will be ever hearing, but never understanding. You will be ever seeing, but never perceiving. Well, how could that be? How could people that were listening to Jesus' teaching not really hear it? How could they see the parable, but not really understand it? Verse 15 tells us why. For this... People's heart, it's always about our heart, has become calloused, hard. They hardly hear with their ears, and they have closed their eyes. Otherwise, they might see with their their eyes, hear with their ears, understand with their hearts, and as a result, turn, and I would heal them. So when the disciples say to Jesus, Why are you teaching in these parables? Jesus explains I wanna give you truth. I'm gonna give you some spiritual revelations, things that haven't been known before concerning the kingdom, but I'm only gonna give it to those people who really wanna hear it. In other words, when Jesus looked out on this crowd that he was teaching, remember, he was teaching from a boat, he know as he looked out, well, a bunch of the people were, well, they were apathetic. They weren't there to hear anything spiritual. They were there to get, well, maybe another free meal to see a miracle. They just weren't into it. Well, what about today? He who has ears, let him hear. You see, Jesus knew that the people that were there, many of them were there just, whatever. They're hanging. They're not interested at all. But I know you're different this morning. You're here. You want to learn. You want to understand. Notice what Jesus says. If you want to understand how to do life, back in one of those verses it said... To him who understands, he'll be given what? More understanding. It'll be clear. Now, to those of you that don't want to understand, it becomes even more, I'm going, I knew it. I knew it meant nothing. Why? Because you didn't have ears to hear. Some will hear and see, some will not. I challenge you to be those who care. Listen up, and let's learn to do life right. Now, look down in verse 24. We begin this second parable. Jesus told them another parable. The kingdom of heaven is like a man who sowed good seed in his field. But while everyone was sleeping, his enemy came and sowed weeds among the wheat and went away. Now when the wheat sprouted and formed heads, then the weeds also appeared. And the owner's servants came to him and said, sir, didn't you sow good seed in your field? Where then did the weeds come from? Verse 28, an enemy did this. The servants asked him, what do you want us to go and pull them up? No, he answered, because while you are pulling up the weeds, you may root up the wheat with them. Verse 30, circle these four words because it's a key to our whole teaching today. Let both grow together until the harvest. In other words, there's an outcome. The harvest, if you want to write in your Bibles, is there is a day of judgment coming. Everything will be finally judged. Notice, at that time I will tell the harvesters, first collect the weeds and tie them in bundles to be burned, then gather the weed and bring it into my barn. Skip on down to verse 34. There's two more parables in between those verses. We'll cover those last. Now, Jesus spoke all these things to the crowd in parables. He did not say anything to them without using a parable. So it was fulfilled with what was spoken through the prophet many, many years before, 700 years before by Isaiah. I will open my mouth in parables. I will utter things hidden since the creation of the world. Then he left the crowd. Remember, he was in the boat. Then he left the crowd and went into the house. And his disciples came to him and said, hey, explain to us the parable of the weeds in the field. As I said, in between this parable, the weeds, Jesus gives two more parables. Then Jesus says, I'm leaving. I'm not going to talk to you. He leaves the boat. You're left out there in the side of the hill. And he takes his 12 disciples into the house. They sit down. And the first thing the disciples do, this is encouraging to me. He's just given them a wonderful parable. And they go like, uh, what's the deal with the weeds? (laughs) So that's good, isn't it? I mean, they want to learn. They ask. Now, notice they didn't ask about the good grain, they asked about the weeds. So they could see there was something there they needed to learn. Well, you know what? When we need to know what God's trying to tell us, we don't have to be in the dark. The Holy Spirit teaches us. By the way, that's why you have a teacher, that's why you have a pastor. Pastors, elders. The Holy Spirit is our teacher. So look what happens in verse 37. Jesus says, he answered them. Here's the, and we'll go through it, so just pay attention now. The one who sowed the good seed is the son of man. So who's the one that's sowing? It's Jesus. Now notice, where is he sowing it? Well, he said he was sowing it in a field. The field is the world. You can just circle that world right there in your Bibles, do that, and put on top of that, not the church. I'll come back to that in a moment, because it's very important. The field is the world, and the good seed stands for the sons of the kingdom. So, we have our world, our just the big world where we are When Jesus' time. The parable is a person going and planting seed in the ground of the world. It's all the ground. And the good seed is who? Tell me. Sons of... So, who is that? It's Christians. So, if you're a Christian, raise your hand this morning. Okay? So, you were planted... You're planted in the world. Now, why are you planted in the world? I told you earlier to circle four words to, you got it, to grow. That's why you were planted. You weren't planted to go up, veg out. You're planted to grow. And you're planted in the world to grow, to be a difference, to be an influence, to be a change. Now, is there anybody planted beside you? In the story, there's the good seed and then there's the other weeds. Well, who's the weeds? Well, look at what Jesus says. It's very simple. Jesus says in this verse, the good seed stands for the sons of the king. The weeds are the son of the evil one and the enemy who sows them is the devil. So who is a weed? Unbelievers. How many of you were a weed at one time in your life? Everybody. You see, you were born, you didn't know this, you were born a weed. Some of you are dollar weed, too, man. You're just impossible to get rid of. (laughs) You see, in our world, in our world, we all started as weeds, spiritually. We were a son. We were related to Satan. If you're not yet born again, if you've never come to Christ, your ruler is Satan. And you're going to see your outcome. Oh, it's very clear. And we're going to see our outcome, those of us that have changed kingdoms. So in this world, we're growing together. That means as a Christian, in the world, I'm going to be growing with evil. Do we see that happening? Would you say that evil is growing? Yes, it is. More and more sin, more crud stuff. I mean, you can't hardly even watch television anymore. It's just garbage, most of it. And so as Christianity is growing, so is evil. The internet has been an incredible tool for us. Good. But it's also an incredible tool for bad. More guys, more gals hooked on pornography than ever before. That's where all these rapes come. That's where all these uh, uh, child attacks come from. Now, as you see that, is there any, this morning in our society, is there any attack against the word of God? Do you know what the Da Vinci Code's about? Number one, Dan Brown says that Jesus Christ never claimed to be the Son of God. Well, if he didn't, then why are we here? Number two, Jesus Christ got married to Mary Magdalene. They had a daughter named Anna. Mary Magdalene is supposed to be the head of the church. Number three, the Bible. Well, it's not true. It's not true at all. And he goes on and on and on. Well, do you know how to answer that? The Bible says this. I should be responsible when somebody asks me a question about my faith. I should be able to answer them. Absolutely. You remember Paul went into a little city? He walked through the city and went, hmm, hmm, I guess you worship a lot of gods. Why did he do that? To worship the gods? No, he went to find out what they worshiped. So while the world is getting better and better and better, it's getting worse and worse and worse. That's it. Let's read on. Let's finish the parable. Jesus is trying to tell us what it's going to be like. We already can see it. He says this, the harvest is the end of the age. In other words, the end of the world's coming. And the harvesters are angels. As the weeds are pulled up and burned in the fire, so it will be at the end of the age. Now, tell me who's teaching here. Who's saying these words? Tell me. It's not the Catholic Church. It's not the Protestant Church. It's not Mark Palmer, It's not Calvary Chapel. Notice these next verses. The Son of Man, Jesus, will send out his angels at the end of the age... At the time of harvest, when men are going to have to, and women are going to have to give an account for what they did, and they will weed out of the kingdom everything that causes sin and all who do evil, and the angels will throw them into the fiery furnace. Well, there will be party time and laughing and joy and it's a Michelob weekend. No, tell me what the environment of hell is like. What's it say? There'll be weeping and gnashing of teeth. See, it's not a party place. That's why Satan deceives us. Oh, cool. Go to hell. I got to be there. My body's going to be, it's going to be incredible. Oh, no. The one that knows is telling you what it's going to be like. Verse 43 is the contrast. Then the righteous, then the believers, when the enemy is gone... When sin is gone and we live in the millennium, then they were righteous will shine like the son of the kingdom of the father. He who has ears, let him hear. You mean, Pastor Mark, there's an outcome coming from my life? You mean I'm going to have to actually stand at judgment dumb day and figure out which I'm a weed or I'm a seed? You got to be kidding me. No, I'm not kidding you. That's been true ever since the day began. You see, you, myself, I'll spend eternity in one, two places. We see what they are. It depends on who I'm serving. So what will the environment be? Let me give you four keys this morning. You know, as you see all this, in those days, were weeds and seeds, well, were they visual to the disciples? And did the crowd understand what a weed and seed was? Sure. In fact, in those days, the wheat that came up, there was a fake wheat. It was a weed called Darnell, and it grew just like the wheat, and you couldn't tell the difference until the time of blossoming. You couldn't tell the difference. So what Jesus was saying is, in our world, here's the first thing you want to write. Jesus and Satan have competing plans for the souls of people. You see, as God plants the gospel in people's hearts, the enemy comes and wants to steal it away. Jesus is sowing you, once you become a believer, into the world to produce a harvest, to make a difference. That's good growth. Satan is putting his people and placing them in the world to hinder my spiritual growth, your spiritual growth, and to hinder people from coming to the knowledge of Jesus Christ. By and large, our movie industry is a weed. By and large, our news media is a weed, our newspapers. And so, understand what we just stated. There is this battle, number two. Good and evil will coexist until the end of the world. Pastor Mark, when is it going to get better? Well, you people in the church say, well, one day the church is going to rule the world. is going to get better. We're going to do away with all sin. We're going to be victorious. We're going to overcome everything while the unbelievers are here. Wrong. It's not going to get better and better. In fact, the Bible says it's going to what? It's going to wax worse and worse. I mean, those of us that are parents and grandparents living now, you almost want to go like, why would anyone bring kids into this world? But we have to go back to the garden because Jesus said what? Be fruitful and... Multiply, because we want to be light in a dark world. So we don't get negative; we're very positive. But understand, this will always be there. There's counterfeit everywhere. There's real and imitation. There's genuine and counterfeit. The Bible speaks of false believers. We have those. The Bible speaks in Galatians of a false gospel. Paul says, "How in the world did you leave the gospel? of Great, you're going to become a Christian by being good enough? Are you kidding?" We have a false Christ in Second Thessalonians and the book of Revelation. Who is a false Christ? It's the Antichrist. And we have a false church here in the book of Revelation. So Jesus says something. Now notice, I ask you to circle something. He said, the field is the world, not the church. Why did I say that? Here's why. You remember the disciples basically are being taught, well, maybe we should get rid of all the evil in the world. Now, how are you going to get rid of all the evil in the world? Let me ask you to just write something out, a little in your notes. Just a little thing in your notes. Just write this. We cannot legislate righteousness. What do I mean by that? Jesus said, don't try to uproot evil in the world. Just be a moral influence. We can't force the world to become Christians and abide by the moral values of the Bible. You can't force that. Do you remember back in 300 AD? Constantine, the Roman ruler, here's what he said to the world. How many you were there at 300 AD? What happened in 300 A.D.? Here's what Constantine said. You must be a believer of Jesus Christ. The whole world must believe in Jesus Christ. Oh, that worked. A lot of people were forced to say it. Does it mean they were? No. Hello, didn't we learn enough there? No, we didn't. When we had all the religious wars, the crusades, what were they about? Trying to force the world to become believers. No, Jesus says you can't uproot them. So yes, I believe in legislators that are Christians. Yes, I believe we can change a lot of things with the laws. But guys, understand, we're to be salt and light. Do you believe if we get rid of the abortion things and it turns back to whatever, do you believe abortions will stop in the United States? Well, do you believe that sexual immorality will stop in the United States then? Well, no. I'm against abortion, 100% against it. It's a sin, it's evil, it's terrible. But, guys, the hearts of people have to be changed. And so, we're to shine. We're to be a moral influence. So, Jesus says, don't go out and just try to pick at everybody and pick up all the evil in the world. You can't do it. Shine. Be an influence. If you take this parable wrongly, what you believe the world is, is the church. And that's totally a misunderstanding of this parable. The church is to be holy. The church is to be a place where there is spiritual discipline. The church is to be different. That's what the whole Sermon on the Mount was about. You remember? Jesus says, don't be like the world. Don't be like them. Be like me. As a whole, the Episcopal church put in what? A gay bishop. Half the Episcopal church or more just went on with it. A bunch of the other Episcopals go, well, wait a minute. That's too far. They uprooted themselves and started another denomination. Rightly so. You see, there is a judgment day coming. So, that's our third one. Men and women will face a final judgment by Jesus at the end of the world.
0: In one parable about wheat and weeds, Jesus said, let them grow together until the harvest. Today, Pastor Mark shared with us what Jesus meant. He was talking about the world and that there are always going to be unbelievers in the world alongside those who are saved. Some have wrongly applied this to the church. Pastor Mark explained the parable and reminded us that Jesus and Satan have competing plans for the souls of people.
1: Thanks so much for joining us today. Pastor Mark will continue to go through this series in the next edition of Lessons for Living. To add today's message to your study library, simply log on to LessonsForLivingRadio.com and select the Order a Message option from the main menu. The cost for each CD is $5, and that includes shipping. Again, to place an order for a CD, simply log on to LessonsForLivingRadio.com and select the Order a Message option from the main menu.
0: There is a real judgment coming in the future. This thought should keep us sober-minded as we interact with those around us. In the next edition of Lessons for Living, Pastor Mark will remind us that a real judgment awaits. A very real place called hell is the destination of many around us. This should lead us to action in sharing Jesus, but at the same time, we shouldn't be discouraged. Not all will come to Christ. You've been listening to Lessons for Living with Pastor Mark Balmer of Calvary Chapel, Melbourne. Please join us again here on Lessons for Living and together, let's do life right.
1: In a hurry